0: South Melbourne stay undefeated. Dandy Thunder catch a break. Literally. Brand forgets to tweet. And we get back to sucking at tipping. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Match Week 8 episode of The Semi Crow Body.
1: Hello and good evening, Branson Gibson. How are you today? I'm doing very, very well. William Chambers, I'm excited to be here, excited to be with you, and excited to be with our listeners, mate. Mate, it's very
0: good. I like this. This is a once a week catch up. It just so happens that we also produce it and podcast it and send it out to the masses. Um, very excited That's for it. this week.
1: Going to yes. say anything,
0: about Brian or are you just oh, going to oh, make sorry. a sound.
1: Oh, mate, I thought I thought you were on a roll. I thought you were going to monologue for ages. I'm very excited too, mate. We have a another great week of uh, NPL Victoria football. This one, I think, could potentially be the most controversial week Barry, of NPL oh, Victoria football we've ever had to discuss. A lot of
0: controversy in this podcast, so let's kick it off with your favourite segment, the Kitbag bag segment, Branson. Please, tell me what you're wearing this week.
1: I am wearing a... Banger, it's from German club FC St. Pauli. Uh, it's their home kit from a couple of years ago. It's a good one. I love St. Pauli because they wear brown. I think they're the... Uh, yeah. They're the it's it's a really dicey kit, colour that shows. it really is a difficult one to pull <laughs> off. Well, they've gone brown, white and red. And I think it just kind of works. Totally agree. Very dicey. I think they're the only brown team I can think of. But it's got like a... Brown base and it's got like a spray paint white, spray paint red sash. Uh, sorry, not sash, stripe thing through the middle. Man, talking is hard. I just get so excited. Uh, yeah. Great kit. Great kit. Love yeah. St. Pauli. Very cool club.
0: Any any kit that is brown, beige or gold. I remember when Newcastle <laughs> Jets had that like reflective gold kit back in maybe like the fifth season of A-League. And it was just disgusting. I
1: absolutely loved it. What well, dang it. Brought it back on the weekend as well. Good to see the Jets. And, mate, we said this was going to be controversial. Controversy straight off the bat. You've got nothing for kit bag.
0: Absolutely uh, nothing because you kit pulled kit this bag. forward and I finished work about five minutes ago. So you, this is on you um, and there's probably – I'm wearing a hoodie. I'm wearing a Uniqlo hoodie kit it's bag great. segment done. Amazing. Love it.
1: Well, I'll um, tell you what. You, you, yeah. you don't have anything for kit bag, but you do have something for the review
0: yeah, and a kind of a, a, a non, not a normal review section because we got nothing on iTunes this week in terms of review, but we did have a meeting at work today. Turns out two of my colleagues, neither of them care about NPL Victorian football, which is also what most people think of Victorian football. Um, Fair. Just literally in like a, a sprint kickoff meeting, um, had to pose the question to each other of like, Do you want to say thanks to anyone throughout for the last fortnight? And bloody Tristan and Dan have both featured on the show now because Dan turned around and said that despite not knowing anything about NPL Victorian football, he thought it was thoroughly enjoyable and he made a mention that our chemistry was second to none. So, mate, that's all on us. We are in the eyes of people who don't care about Victorian football, which is probably the right eyes. Excellent. Excellent.
1: That's great. I love it. And do you know what, mate? That provides us with a fantastic segue because uh, your mate said we're second to none. Two to zero was also the scoreline of the very first game we're going to talk about, mate. Bang! South Melbourne taking on St Albans. Tell me about it. Mate, that's a ripper segue.
0: That's one of the better ones. Let's jump into it. And for mine, South Melbourne are the real deal. We are now eight weeks in. They're undefeated. They're looking good. Um it was a great start by them. Look, they just look so impressive in games at the moment. From minute one, they had a chance. Um, a handful more would follow. And it just, it just looked like South Melbourne doing what they've been doing every game this season, just being a bit of a menace. Um, they would soon capitalize on all those chances. A close range header in the 25th minute by Jake Marshall. That would be his first goal of the season. Um, but it was a truly dominant first half by the South, and they just created chances. It was a very good performance. One nil at halftime, just perfect start for them. Um, second half, much the same. They started strong. It took them ten minutes to double their lead. Salidos with a lovely ball in Harrison Sawyer, just way too tall, way too powerful, loops a header into the back of the net. Two nil to South. Two nil South Melbourne. Um, St. Albans, they had a chance. It was pretty good. Cleared off the line, probably about halfway through the second half. But the rest of the half was just dominated by South Melbourne. I can't say it enough. They really looked good in this game. Um, full control. They maintained their unbeaten start. Finished 2-0. Ah, just everything going perfect at the late side at the moment. Brand, mate. We spoke about at the start of the season, but South Melbourne... We said if they could solve their goal-scoring problems, they created a lot of chances last year to put the ball into the back of the net. Some of the form some of the players are in is excellent. So, Brand, what are your thoughts on South Melbourne in the eighth match week?
1: Well, I am very, very impressed by them as well. I think some of the points that you touched on have been really good. Obviously, scoring goals, getting Harrison Sawyer on the score sheet as well, and just finding goals in tricky situations like in previous weeks, it would be getting a late goal that put them ahead. That got them the result. The other thing that's massive for South Melbourne as well is their defense. They've only conceded three goals the entire season, which is the fewest in the league. So like that, that is super impressive. I think the, the next fewest is, is seven. So not only are they now scoring goals, they're absolutely not conceding. They got the best goal no. difference in the league as well. Uh, and I just think that. You know, that bodes well. If you can put the ball in the back of the net and if you can keep it out of your own, uh, you're going to win games of football and that's what they've been doing.
0: This Um, is the kind of insight people come to the semi-part body for. You know, if you can keep the ball out of your own net and put it in the other net, more often than not, you're going to be a good team. And that's the kind of really insightful analysis I think we've got down pat.
1: but Here's the thing because it sounds so simple and in previous years South Melbourne have made it anything but simple. They've made it super hard on themselves. It seems like everything was just always so difficult but this year they're just getting it done. Salados so has been great. We mentioned Sawyer. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm just yeah, i I I'm, I think they're doing great. I mean, I, I think it's hard to say much more than that. They've been, they've been fantastic so far this season.
0: Yeah, I kind of want them to slip up because we're going to run out of things to say each week. But hey, look, that's a good problem for South Melbourne to have. Um, <laughs> the funny thing that I like out of this is the total number of goals conceded throughout the entire season. Both teams conceded in this one match that you had a look at, Bran. Dandy, Thunder and Hume had an absolute belter of a game. What was the scoreline? Talk us through it.
1: Mate, this was a mega game, mega scoreline. Dandenong Thunder 4, Hume City 3. And let me tell you what, mate, this was an absolutely cracking game and it was full of drama too. Both teams scored uh, from a first-half penalty. Uh, Dandenong's penalty that they got awarded looked iffy. We'll come back to that later on. Uh, It looked like it was going to be all square at the break, but Bernardo went bang. Uh, with a sweet goal from outside, uh, sorry, from the outside corner of the box for Dandy Thunder, absolutely perfect, just over the keeper, just under the crossbar. Top bins. Big shout out to the commentary, uh, sorry, the commentator as well. Uh, got very enthusiastic with his Bernardo goal yell. It was great to see. Had a bit of a South American vibe to it. It was just, very good. Absolutely loved it. Uh, the second half, dominant half from the Thunder. Uh, nine shots to two. They were already up 2-1 at the break. Ali Suleimani put the Thunder up by two. He tapped home a rebound just after the break. He netted his second 15 minutes later to put the Thunder in a commanding position. 4-1 lead. Uh 20 minutes to go, though, Hume City flicked the comeback switch. Bingham scored his second uh before a Daniel Dixon banger made it 4-3. Bingham also scored the penalty, sorry, for Hume at the start. The stage was set for drama, mate, and drama came through. Uh, 92nd minute, ball was crossed deep into the Dandy Thunder uh, defensive penalty box. Paul Kowal literally paddles the ball down with his arm. It's coming over his shoulder. It almost looks like he's going for an AFL-style chess mark. Real Terry Henry vibes here. Uh, <laughs> blade and clear, obvious handball. We get a great look at it on the stream. The referee, however, doesn't... Get a good look at it. He doesn't see it. Play on. Uh, Dandy hang on to win by a goal in controversial circumstances. A 93rd minute non-hand ball call. This game was also crazy. There was a red card to a Hume player that was rescinded as well, uh, which just sort of added to the drama. Uh, But to be fair, mate, I thought Dandy Thunder were the better of the two sides, and I thought they deserved the three points. I thought they looked really good going forward. I mean, they scored four goals um, I thought they thoroughly deserved it, anyway. Uh, but what a way to end the game! Absolutely crazy. Uh, a roller coaster season continues for Hume. Uh, they've gone win, loss, win, loss, win, loss in their last six games. They can't just sort of seem to get some consistent results there. Uh, very quickly, Danny Thunder though second win in a row. Now on the cusp of a finals pop. But mate, I want to come back to that handball incident uh what are your thoughts uh, like firstly what was qual thinking um you know you know you're in a defensive area why would you go to literally catch the ball and then also are you happy with the no call i mean we always talk about var this was the kind of thing that var was brought in obviously it's not in the MPL, but brought in to introduce but uh we've seen it, it hasn't worked just talk me through it what's your take on all of this mate
0: it's one of those great
1: ones where this, i just can
0: only describe it as like a brain fart where like yeah. His positioning is actually pretty good to defend that situation. Like, unless he gets nutmegged or something, it's probably he's probably fine to just maybe put it out for a corner with a bit of a shitty touch. But it's like, yeah, he literally. The only defense I can say from him is that I think he, if he's done this, inte- like in, uh, intentionally, it's quite intelligent because his backs towards the referee. The referee is probably not going to see it. But I don't think there is any intelligence to it. It's just a brain fart. He's I could have absolutely stitched his team up for uh, what what was a valuable three points to them. Gets away with it. But I, again, I'm just glad that we're talking about this incident, for the incident that it was, and we're not talking about the five-minute VAR stoppage that was, that maybe the referee would have still not given it a penalty for a reason that we can't explain. Like, we can very easily explain why the referee should have given this, but he didn't, and it was probably to the betterment of Daniel Thunder on the night, looked like they deserved it. So that's the talking point. It's not five minutes of talking about technology. So I love that. For that, I think it was an absolute brain fade from him. Got away with it, though, and just definitely should have been a penalty. Referee will probably put his hand up and go, yeah, that should be a penalty when he sees the footage. But if you miss it in real time, can't give it.
1: Yeah, that's it. And I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, I think everyone agrees, absolutely a penalty, but the referee just missed it hard. I mean... I was going to say hard to blame him, but, you know, if you didn't see, you didn't see. Like, anyway. Yeah. But, mate, that was just one of the games that had some refereeing controversy in it. The other one was the Melbourne Knights taking on the Altona Magic. Tell me about this one. Well, this
0: also had late drama. Love the NPL for its propensity for late drama. Um, Look, really exciting game, this one. Lots of goal action and chances early on for both sides. Um, Look, Knights definitely made their mark in this game on the Pretty much thirty-minute mark, they had really dynamic play between Weir, Mikelic, and Webb. They was creating a flurry of chances, and it was that familiar name on the score sheet who would put the Knights in the lead. Alan Webb with a lovely little dink chip toe poke over the keeper. Um, it was a turnover from midfield, and he takes it on a nice run and a really nice finish. That's four goals in eight games from him. So I always think of it as you want your forwards to be scoring. You know, 0.5 goals a game. He's bang on that mark. Um, Anything above that's a bonus. Uh, 1-0 at halftime to the Knights. Really, really good performance so far. Chances fell to the Knights all throughout the second half. Albano, Webb and Mikulic, they all had genuine one-on-one, good nailed-on opportunities to put Knights more in front, and they didn't, and they would come to rue those missed chances. Because in the 91st minute, an absolute peach earth finish from Chris Lucas, his first for Altona, would pull them level at 1-1. And we're sitting there watching this stream going, 1-1, Knights could have been 3-0 up at this point. They've absolutely bottled this. But that wasn't all the late drama. Because at 1-1, a minute later, Albano, with a run into the box, fouled a penalty given. Knights have an opportunity to get three points back Albano steps up, saves the game tonight, slots at home, and late, late drama at Summers Street for the Knights to take three points, which they thoroughly deserved, but God, did they make the last three minutes interesting. Um, Bran, I've got to ask you this question. Would you rather lose 1-0, having been pummeled the whole game, as Altona had been, or 2-1, thinking that you might have won a point? What's the, what's the least painful
1: way to lose that one? I think it's got to be 1 0. I mean, if you get pummeled like, you know, hope, uh, when you lose, sorry, when you have hope and then have it snatched away from you as a Fulham fan, let me tell you, that sucks, <laughs> right? That really, really sucks. Um, bit of a touchy point with the Arsenal game. You know, that's a relevant example there. But anyway, I'd rather lose 1 0 for Altona, in particular in this circumstance, because, you know, as you said, they it, it seemed like they'd snagged a draw uh, with that late, late goal. You're great for them you know that they need all the points they can get at the moment they need all the positivity they can get at the moment and for them to then lose on a penalty and look mate we are not into referee dashing and we're not about to do it here but uh when you watch that pen again from the stream uh it does look very very soft it looks like a shoulder to shoulder challenge mm. looks at out sorry looks like albano is just sort of nudged off the ball and goes down now i'm not saying he's diving but I definitely yeah. didn't think it was a penalty either uh, the referee called it um, you know See, so it was- I, I, when I was watching
0: I was very much the opinion that like it just for mine it does look like a penalty now Is it's the- not to say that I think it's a penalty but it's like we've just come to get used to that whole thing where like if someone's running in the box with the ball and They get fouled, even if it is like a fair challenge in any other part of the field. I'm just, my brain is now tuned to be like, yeah, that's probably a penalty. Like someone running into a box and then no longer running now equals penalty in my brain.
1: Like if we get into fundamentals, you know, there was contact in the box and the striker went down. So you can understand why the referee gave it, you know, but again, and maybe we're just very fortunate with the angle we had from the camera. It it doesn't look soft. So I think, sorry, it does look soft. So I think for Altona to have a point and then lose it, uh, in that sort of circumstances, in, you know, a controversial, uh, uh, sorry, a controversial manner, that really, really, really stings. Yeah. Um,
0: now, one that stings for Oakley is their one who lost a Bentley brand. Talk us through this one.
1: Mate, well, file this one in the results we didn't see coming category, which is a, uh, let's be honest, it's a very full category. Uh, the highs of six last week have come crashing down. We did not tip this one. Uh, Action Packed. First half, bunch of good chances for both teams. This really was an exciting game to watch. Uh, I thought Oakley had the better of the chances in the first half. uh, Who was it? Holmes, Miller, and Decker all blasted shots over the bar, which made more footballing insight. As we know, shots over the bar don't count for much. Uh, There were more chances in the second half. Knowles hit the post for the Cannons. Uh, Down the other end, uh, Crowley and Waring had great chances, denied by Oakley keeper Nick Feely. Uh, Shout out as well to the Bentley keeper, Javier Lopez. I thought both goalkeepers were excellent in this game. Both keepers deserved a clean sheet, William, but only one of them got it. Eventually, there was a goal. Waring uh, lifted the ball over Feely beautifully after being played through on goal. Not quite a chip, but just a beautiful finish. Uh, and that was fantastic. That was uh, the one goal in the game, gave Oakley the lead. There was an exciting chance for drama at the end. Oakley down yeah. a goal, 94th-minute corner. Send Feely, the goalkeeper, up for a corner. He wins the header, but it was cleared away off the line. I think it might have even hit the post or something, but uh, he oh. did get his... We actually saw a goalkeeper at the end get his head on a cross, which is in itself... If it, it's not but going to be a goal that's good yeah. enough, like I'm happy with that. Well, a goal is... Incredibly rare, but a a goalkeeper even actually getting his head on a cross is in itself very, very rare. Um, Bentley win. Great win for Bentley. Uh, This game was thrilling. There was a casual 31 shots combined between the two teams in this game. Can't believe there was only one goal. Uh, So many good chances for both teams. For Bentley, mate, it was their first win against a top six side in the Cannons. Oakley, I thought they were unlucky. We've said this a few times where they've looked really good going forward, but, you know, they've had chances that they just haven't converted. It was the same again in this game. I thought, you know, if you're Oakley, you look at it, you go, we were good value for a win here. We we just didn't get it. Uh, played well enough, played well enough to win, just couldn't score. But, mate, I want to ask you about Bentley. Where do you think they are, you know, in terms of, like, not just where they are on the table, but where do you think they are As a club, because they've had some good wins, some average performances. But, you know, when you look at a couple of the scales they've got now, they look solid, eh? Yeah, they're a real upset team. Um,
0: They're one of the ones where I feel like I'm probably going to judge them more in their second half of the season than their first half. Um, They're always at the pointy end. And it's just always interesting with them. I don't know, like, cool, you can put away, like, Dandenong City of a given week. But... I almost feel like they make more of a name for themselves by, like, being out of form and then beating Avondale or someone. Like, they will get really, like, quite important wins at important times that kind of mask over some of the, you know, maybe the easier games that they drop. But, yeah, look, first half of the season, I've just learned not to read too much into their first half. It's the second half where they do their damage. So I don't think they're at a bad point. I think they've got some good players putting in some good performances. But, yeah, second half of the season is where I'll be measuring them
1: 100%. And very quickly on Benley, it does end a winless patch of four games for them. So good result to get against a strong opponent, mate. Yes. Now, um, strong opponent that shared points, Port Melbourne Avondale. Brand. take us through this one. Yeah, lovely bit of Friday night football action out at Port Melbourne. Avondale, very slow out of the gate. Port Melbourne, I thought, started off great, really controlled the game from the outset. They looked a lot more dominant. They had the initiative. They capitalised on their great start when they took the lead through Christopher Kousa, 16 minutes in. uh, Well-deserved lead, dominant in the midfield, I thought, for Port. Avondale eventually worked their way back into the game. Katabian, Lundy, Townsend, Ahmed all had good chances. Uh, Probably the best of the lot came through an indirect free kick in the box, Uh, but the Sharks were able to block away the the danger, the classic back pass to the keeper. Uh, You learn in primary school you can't do that, mate. Anyway. Uh, Avenel, though, they were eventually able to draw level. Charlie Beverley banged home the ball after a scramble from a corner late on in the 83rd minute. Um, another huge moment later, though, Port had a massive chance to go back ahead. Chris Duggan, the league's leading goal scorer heading into this one, was one-on-one, but Rory Bryan, full credit to him, Avondale Keeper made a huge, huge save. Game ended at 1-1. Uh, One point snatch for Avondale in the end. They were not firing on all cylinders. Uh, They are, however, still undefeated in their last five. Port, though, I thought they played very well. Unlucky not to hang on in the first place, and unlucky not to go ahead through Duggan Lane on two. Another up-down performance from Port, though, but a solid result, mate. Yeah, nice. Uh, Another one that sort of probably
0: failed to inspire too much. Dandy City did pick up a point against Green Gully 1-1. Wow. two weeks in a row that Dandy City have picked up some points, which is very good for them. Um, Both goals came in the first half. Uh, Shadovic put City in the lead. Shadovic, sorry, put City in the lead Uh, for Alex Salmon. Would do as he always does, scoring for Green Gully, this time from the penalty spot after Jay Davies was fouled. Um, Yeah, City for the second week in a row, starting to look good for mine. Um, Potentially could have had more points here, but there wouldn't be any more goals in it. 1-1, probably a fair balance of play. But I thought City actually looked really good. Now, I think they're starting to build on that. They're putting together good performances. They're getting the odd point here and there. Two weeks in a row of getting a point. Maybe there's a win on the horizon for them, and let's see how that goes them in the table. But shared points between Dandy City and Green Gully. Bran, I think this is the last one for us, isn't it? How did Eastern Lions fare against
1: Heidelberg? Well, not well inside the first two minutes. Heidelberg scored, I think, after 92nd. Adj- oh, my gosh, I'm going to butcher this name. Adjdin Fedohagic. I've been practicing all day. Might have got that wrong. Uh, he was in the right place at the right time. Uh, tapped the ball home after Okada's free kick bounced off the post. That was all the goals in this one, mate. Ziggy Rizuki, though, for the Lions, he had their best chance. He, paid. he came painfully close. His shot from a cup pack... Cutback, oh my gosh, talking. Shot from a cutback, I'm persevering. Uh, hit the post, crawled, cracked across the goal mouth, didn't go across the line. Uh, Heidelberg had two golden chances to, you know, wrap the game up late. They didn't convert, but it didn't matter. Heidelberg hang on for a 1-0 win here. Heidelberg, though, mate, they have now gone seven unbeaten in the league since their opening round loss to the Oakley Cannons. Full disclosure, they did lose to an NPL 3 side in Ngunnawading City in the FFA Cup. But, mate, they sit three points behind South. They're at the pointy end of the table. Uh, Heidelberg, they're looking dangerous. Eastern Lions, I thought they were good value here. They didn't look outmatched. They created some good chances. Second loss in a row for them, but there are still some positive signs.
0: Yeah, nice. Uh, look, there are positive signs all across the NPL from that round. Some ripper games. Um, we didn't pick really many of them. We thought we were back in the back in the green with tipping, but we got two out of last round, uh, which is kind of shocking. Um, and what makes that even more shocking is that both Carla, your mum and Tony, your partner, beat us with three and four respectively. So yeah. it was a hard round to tip, I'll be honest with you. But yeah, the fact that we finished... Last out of that three is pretty bad.
1: I felt really good doing our tips after our week of six 2 I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, but we've uh, returned to form. We're at the uh, uh, at the lower end of the tip still. And, but And we're working together
0: on it. I like that we're working together on it. We were against each other for a bit there, but now we're working together, and yes. we had great results for working together, and now we've got terrible results for working together. So that's right. it's uh, mixed messages. Um, but what's not mixed messages is the table. Hey, we mentioned it last week. They are clear. South Melbourne, top of the table on 18 points, still undefeated. Brand, what have we got below them?
1: Below them, we have Avondale in second spot on 15 points. Heidelberg behind them on goal difference, also on 15. Then we've got the Knights on 14 points. Oakley in fifth on 12 Uh, Green Gully currently sits 6th in the final finals position on 11 points But there's a big chunk of teams there You've got Green Gully, Dandy Thunder, Hume City and Bentley Greens All on 11 points Down the lower end, Port Melbourne on 9 points in 10th position Eastern Lions on eight with St Albans They sit in 11th and 12th And then down the very bottom, uh, the two sides that still are yet to win a game Altona Magic on 4 points and Dandy City bottom of the table with three points, mate.
0: Yeah, bloody. We're starting to see the table kind of like even out. We're not seeing too much fluctuation now. So, you know, South of Melbourne really are running away at the top, and Dandy City are very much anchoring themselves in the bottom, despite some good performances. Um, Brand, let's turn our attention to the MPL W Victoria. Um, when we were recording the pod last week, the South Melbourne Bulleen game had just kicked off. We probably could have given score updates a little bit more aggressively in this one because there were some early goals. Brand, talk us through this one.
1: There were. If we were giving score updates, mate, though, we would have had to interrupt the podcast every five minutes. South Melbourne, absolute demolition. They beat Bulleen 7-1. Uh, as we said on the pod last week, they scored after just 15 seconds. They were up 5-0 inside half an hour. Uh, second half, a bit more muted, uh, but they went on to win 7-1. Lucy Johnson for South Melbourne, she scored a brace. Catherine Goff netted a hat trick for South as well. And then Caitlin Pickett and Kiara Pronopolis scored one each for South as well. But, mate, speaking of South, that was a huge win last week, but they had another huge game. This week, they were taking on Calder United, perennial powerhouses of the NPLW. How was this going, mate? Oh, look, this was on
0: paper a banger and in real life an absolute banger. Um, obviously, Calder, reigning champs. South with a great start to the season, putting seven past Bullen in. Um, and it would be South that picked up another monumental win here. Another fast start for South. Uh, Lucy Johnson opened the scoring after just five minutes, so they're making that a little bit of a habit this season. Harriet Withers was looking mighty dangerous for Calder, though, and had a few chances um, before eventually equalising after a sweet pass from Alexandra at Sinclair. 1-1 at the break, very close game. Both teams looked up for this one. But South just came out firing, though. Uh, Natalie martineau and Lucy Johnson scored inside the first six minutes of the second half. So that put them in the lead, 3-1. Uh, Withers scored her second for Calder uh, to pull one back with 10 to go. But South would hold on for an absolutely massive 3-2 win over Calder United. And look, that puts South clear on top of the NPL women's table. And Mate, they're top of the women's, top of the men's. South are looking bloody good. But, Bran, that wasn't the only games of the weekend. You had a
1: great look at Box Hill getting kind of dismantled by Heidelberg. Talk us through this one. Well, this was a weird game, man, because uh, the Triangles, our favourite nickname going around the NPL, the Triangles, Box Hill took the lead after a Falcon-owned goal. I mean, you don't oh, you. – I'm going to say you love to see but you also feel very bad for the people who it happens to. Uh, one of the defenders headed the ball, you know, crossing, heads the ball away, straight into another defender's face, uh, and it then rebounds into the goals. Comedic? Comedic, comedic stuff there. Comical even. Comical stuff. But uh, unfortunate stuff for Heidelberg. For Box Hill, Georgia can, can Dallas doubled the Triangle's lead before the break. But I tell you what, mate, the winds have changed. Blew through Wembley Park at halftime. Down 2-0 at the break. Heidelberg went to score six in the second half uh, to win 6-2. Danielle Wise scored four of them. Kelly Lockhart and Bridie uh, Searidge netted the others. And, mate, wow, Heidelberg just turned on the Jets. Great win for them. Box Hill would have to be disappointed. A few of the goals that they conceded as well came from mistakes too. Put themselves in bad position. Always hurts. But to be 2-0 up and then ship 6 Uh, Not ideal That was not in the coach's halftime tour Yeah, that's that's
0: throwing it And if it was, that's an interesting halftime tour (laughs) Um, It's like, yeah, cool I know that you're good at scoring But I've just not seen enough defending from you guys this half (laughs) So if you just can can really focus on that Um, So, look I also had a quick look at Bayside Alamein Look, this was a pretty clinical performance for Alamein They ended up winning 4-1 Elena Vatke scored for Alamein Uh, first for Jennifer Lum, double their lead. Uh, Very tight angle for that finish. Lovely. Um, Volley from Bayside's Rachel Steuton got them back into it just after the break, but it was all Alamein after that. Uh, Emma Runnels and Emily Harbis made it fourth Alamein. Thoroughly deserved win. They were very much in control of this game. Um, Alamein actually looked really good. Uh, I was really impressed with them and they just pretty much dismantled Bayside. But, Brand, dare I say it, they are our favourite team in the NPL women's. FB Emerging took on Bulleen to cap off a terrible week for Bulleen. Talk us through this one.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Boleen took the lead in this one as well, uh, albeit, though, against the run of play after 20 minutes, thanks to a header from Emily Dalzan. Uh, FE emerging, though, in the second half. Goalkeeper Sophia Varley made a great save uh, to keep the margin at one. That proved to be vital because not long after Alana Murphy equalised for emerging, Isabella Sewards gave them the lead with a neat finish late on uh, just before Jessica Young added emerging's third goal just minutes later. Mate, this is a great win for emerging. Very, very, very well-deserved. I thought they were by far the better of the two sides on the day. I thought the quality of their attacking chances uh, was far superior to Boleyn's second win in as many games now for Emerging, remembering in 2019, I think they only won five over the course of the whole season, three of those against Southern. But for Boleyn, mate, they might be in a bit of an early season crisis. Two rough defeats to start the season, seven one to South, now three one to Emerging, who you'd think they would have beat. Uh, They are, full disclosure, expecting some players to return from the W League, and I've heard that does include victory defender Kayla Morrison, who was in the PFA W League team of the season last uh, for this most recent W League side. So maybe some upside for Baleen there, but they've got plenty of uh, issues to address, mate. They do. Um, But look, if we look
0: at the table, out in front, South Melbourne on goal difference six points. Also... FV Emerging are on six points, uh, so that's your top two around out there. Then in third we have Heidelberg United on three points, also on three points. Calder United in fourth, Alamein in fifth, and Box Hill the Triangles in sixth on zero points. Holding at the bottom of the at bottom of the table, we've got Bayside and Bullen Lions with a shockingly bad goal difference of minus eight two rounds in. So they are not having a great time at the moment. Branson, I reckon that's us done for part one. That is, I mean, I'm really liking that we've got two leagues to talk about now. This is great. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, join us for part two of a Potty. Very short. Cool. And welcome back. Branson, we can sit back, we can relax. We've gone through all the stuff that's actually mildly intelligent and we can just chat shit for the next 20-odd minutes. That's so semi-professional. We do it every week. What have you found in the world of football, Branson, that is semi-professional this week? Uh,
1: one thing that I saw that I didn't like, Hume City's social media post, uh, they posted something up on their Facebook page talking about the quality of the refereeing. Uh and I didn't like it. I thought that was extremely semi-professional. I think, uh, you know, football clubs in general have to have a little bit more class, a little bit more poise about them. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it, it is crazily still up on their Facebook page. They just call out, shame, shame, shame. They've cut up a video of uh, the Altona Magic penalty, the Koal handball, and then the iffy penalty that Danny Thunder got. And then they've tagged FV in it and say, you know, are you watching... Referees are ruining the game. Uh, terrible thing to post. Hate it. Uh, I think that is extremely semi-professional, mate. I agree. It's
0: it? semi- I'd agree it's semi-professional, but I like I like the element of it that shows that there's passion and that they care. I yeah, probably just don't kind of like the delivery of it. So yes. I like the passion that it conveys, but I don't agree with the delivery of it. I think I don't know. I'm always of the opinion where if anyone has ever tried to referee a match, it's fucking hard. There's a lot happening. So I do have a lot of sympathy with that. But, yeah, I it's just not the right way to go about it, particularly, like, tagging for Victoria. Just yeah. Like, fucking chill out. Like, chill out. Uh, literally chill out. Um, Bran, what else did you have?
1: Uh, I had two more, sorry, uh, Paul Qualls handball. Paul Qualls handball, like... That's so semi-professional. So can, we, we
0: can, a- can we call it a handball? Because it wasn't given. So do we have to say alleged handball? Well,
1: well, yeah, or, or uh, what is it? Hand of God, Thierry Henry, Maradona, whatever it is. Similar vibes, really, in the MPL. Um, again, we spoke about it before. Just not sure what was going on there. Don't know if it was instinct reaction or intentional, but that was very semi-professional. I just, I, I've got to be honest with you. I fucking
0: love that you're putting like Paul Qual in the same territory as Thierry Henry <laughs> and Maradona. Like,
1: could what be a mate. way to jump to. It could be. It could be. Alu Qual's on fire. Why not Paul? Um, uh, uh, another thing that I saw that was just really bizarre. The clock was wrong in the Avenale Port Melbourne stream. So. You know how you watch the stream and then for stoppage time, the little red box that shows yeah. the, you know, the, the additional minutes, uh, minutes? They didn't stop it at half time. So then when the second half started, it just said 45 plus the stoppage time from the first half. So essentially what that meant was uh, when the second half kicked off, it said it was 45 plus 17. So you yeah, had right. to like do the math and you had to figure out, okay, there was two minutes of stoppage time. So that's two minus the roughly 14 to 15-minute break at halftime. So you never knew exactly what minute it was. I've always said that football's been too easy for fans. I think we need to start (laughs) making it more challenging to find out what the time
0: is. And maybe just even make it abstract time. Like, just have, like, start of the first half, midway through the first half. Yeah, yeah. they're just going to pass it around for the next five minutes, or it would be a bad time to concede here. Like, just start to put, like, the time the time categories in a game as opposed to the clock, because, you know,
1: it's just makes it harder for us fans. And I think we need to have that. Yep. Um, Yeah. I just think, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there, but uh, after the Knights game, that was, uh, you know, the longest ever game in MPL Victoria football. If you watched that stream would have just added to the confusion, but mate, you saw some semi-professional things in the world of football. What were they? I did. Um, look, the Super League's pretty semi-professional,
0: in my opinion. Um oh, just, yes. despite, despite it being inherently, you could even say it's above professional, it's very semi-professional in its delivery of a footballing product. Ah, just am finding it harder and harder every week to care about professional football at the moment. Like, if this is the direction that we're going in of a Super League, um, a stupidly expanded World Cup, all of this nonsense, just give me the NPL, like, every week. I don't care anymore. I'm just stopping caring.
1: Thoughts? Oh, I, I totally agree. I hate the Super League. I think it's a terrible idea. It's just, you know, rich clubs trying to get richer. No relegation. Yeah. Like, the 12 yeah. founding members can't get relegated. Like... Uh, there, there are people who know much more about it who can talk much more in depth about it. So we won't dive into it too much, but I just think it's so anti-football. I, I hate it to the Also, fact. I've got to be honest with you. I hate the messaging around it where they're trying to
0: sell it as a benefit for fans. And it just, it, yeah, like, it's like they're trying to pull the wool over our eyes. And it's like, we know that the reason why you want to do this is to sell more shirts and to get more TV revenue. And, Long-term, that's going to hurt smaller clubs and take money out of lower league clubs. And I just dilutes it. And, you know, the reason why Liverpool versus Real Madrid is a great fixture is because it happens once every three to four years, not because it happens all the time. And just the second you start putting something on a lot, it loses its special flair. So put it in the bin. It will 100% happen. We have no say in it. And I think the only reason... Yeah, the only control that I think we can put over it is just not to watch it and not to buy into it. And look, if in 10 years' time we're just watching NPL Victorian football and there's pro-rel into the A-League, I'm here for it. Don't care. Put it in the bin. Um, A couple of other ones from mine. Um, Adelaide United game. This brand, did you see it? I did. Mate, a lot going on here. There was a cat on the pitch, which I absolutely loved. Um Bran, did you see the Cat on the pitch?
1: I did see the Cat on the pitch. Cat was going crazy, running down the sidelines, and then it was like Spider Man leaping up onto the signage board and then it kept running and then it would do it leap or oh, leap over a ball kit or something. Cat was going yeah, nuts. So
0: the great thing about it as well was that um my mates with at the game and they told me that um Walshy, the the commentator the announcer yeah. in the stadium, was doing a substitution at that point, and so he actually goes, and coming off number nine, Tommy Tom Urich. And then he goes, and coming on, it's a cat. And so he just timed the announcement perfectly for that. So I thought that was really good. Um, Very well done. The other semi-professional thing out of that game that I really liked was Adelaide United, when they won the penalty, you can see Tommy Urich and Craig Goodwin playing rock, paper, scissors to decide who takes the penalty.
1: Tommy Urich wins it and then gives it back to Craig Goodwin. I'm like, what the
0: what? fuck is going on here?
1: The, they don't know how rock, paper, scissors works, obviously, because Urich won and then didn't take the pen. So, I mean, whatever. Okay, cool. No, it's it's, Urich, it's really funny.
0: Urich won and then you see Craig Goodwin looks so upset. And so Urich walks away the ball and then just says, like, oh, go on, mate, you can have it. And I'm like, That's so good. I love that club at the moment. It's filling me with a lot of joy. Other things that fill me with joy, brand, what we like
1: section. What have you got, mate? Uh, Alu Kual, joining Stuttgart. I think that is just absolutely fantastic news. It's a great story. You absolutely love to see it. Alu Kual, not long removed either from the Goulburn Valley Suns in NPL2. Signed from them to the Mariners on like a rookie contract or whatever. And then, you know, one stellar season with the Mariners and he's off to Europe. I think that's fantastic. Uh, a little bit more, I think that Germany's a great destination for him. The youth development, and then he's got like a five-year contract. So, it's not even a show it, you know, you've got one or two years to make an impact, then we're cutting you. Like, yeah. it's right. all right, we're going to develop you. You know, you've got five years here. Uh, you're a long-term project. We're committed. So, I think that is a fantastic deal for him. Uh, it's, it's, and for say, a-
0: yeah, for mine, it's been a long time since we've seen a player really leave Australian shores and make a mark. Um, and so I'm, you're exactly right. It's the length of contract that fills me with a lot of joy about this. Um, so look, only hopefully only good things can come of it. But would hate to see him back in the back in the A League in a couple of years, or maybe just like goes to another European league of a little bit less vigour than in yeah. Germany. So, Fran, what else have you got?
1: Yeah, just very very quickly on that. I just think it sends a great message about Australian football as well, where you you know you really can go from the MPL to Europe within a couple of years. So I think that's fantastic. Uh, Another thing that I saw that I loved, uh, West Ham in the Women's FA Cup subbing on Matilda's keeper, Mackenzie Arnold. While they were up 8-0 against uh, Chichester and Selzy in the Women's FA Cup, but they subbed her on as a midfielder, which I think is just like... Uh, it's a little bit semi-professional. Like, it's a little bit shithousery taking the piss. But also, you know what? Great. Why not? You know, up 8-0. If yeah. If up 8-0, league 8-0, yeah, if, yeah,
0: If you're up 8 nil, I would almost just be like, cool, goalkeeper,
1: you're playing outfield. Have yep. fun. That's it. That's exactly what it was. Uh, I liked it. And, mate, the big thing that I like, Melbourne City beating the Melbourne victory 7-0. I'm a big City fan. You're a City fan, too. Yeah. Uh, I remember going to this one because I, sorry, I went to this one. I remember thinking while I was there, man, like, you know, it was such a killer that I couldn't go to the 6-0, never anticipating that it would happen again and then be one-upped. It was just ridiculous. Um, It was so good to see the capitulation. And I really love the fact that obviously pre-game they held up the
0: number 6. And you put that away after... The start of the game and the fact that that could come out again was great. Like the second we were six nil up, and then they bring out the signs really good. Loved that,
1: yeah. And very quickly, that's actually just reminded me I want to nominate another thing for that. So semi professional. The Melbourne Victory Board who's there? The Did Pietro, the chairman, sacking Brebner at a press conference while Brebner is sitting next to him? That was ridiculous. Did you see that? I didn't so- see it, but it just doesn't
0: surprise me. like... But that, I don't know. A- I do not know why they didn't sack him after the last derby. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, uh, look, I, I, if I was them, I would have sacked him in the tunnel after the full time whistle. But you probably announced that like the day after. You don't fucking pull the.
1: Yeah. You, well, I think that I think Brevin knew as well, and like that whole thing just sucks because he didn't want to be the manager in the first place. Apparently, uh, the Vuckovich in- issued an ultimatum. Tony Povey. Anyway, uh, that was very semi professional. Uh, But, mate, you like some things. Tell me about it.
0: Um, I liked Adelaide United doing a Malls Balls jersey. So, this is really intriguing because obviously, Adelaide United is a pretty small club in the scheme of the A League. Like, they haven't got the biggest membership base. Uh, Adelaide is a shit city and it's got really bad landmarks. And one of them is two sort of mirror balls in the middle of a shopping mall. and it's, Cram, what are you drawing there?
1: I was going to write you a secret message, but that's okay.
0: Oh. Oh, oh, do you want st- to tell me the secret message on the thing, because I can hear you writing way uh, more than I can, it's not secret now.
1: No, all I was going to say was, um. Not <laughs> this is great. I was going to say, I thought you were sitting too close to the microphone, but uh, it's
0: Okay, really-
1: I'll sit further that- away from the microphone then, Nail that- that- it. Oh, this is a Terrible. this is a,
0: a window into podcast production everywhere. Branson feels like he needs to send his secret <laughs> notes like he's in we're in primary school. Ugh. Um anyway, yeah. So the Adelaide United jersey love it because the Malls Balls is the shittest landmark invented. And just to put that on a jersey is great. They announced it on the Wednesday. They gave it to Johnny, who's this guy who walks up and down the mall. He tossed the coin at the game. I just thought it was. If you're an A-League club and you're trying to build your ties within the community, that's 100% how you do it. And the kids sick. Love it. Really well done from Adelaide United. And final thing that I liked was no VAR in the NPL. We have seen VAR used so poorly in all leagues of football. And then we have a round where not having VAR has probably hurt a couple of teams. I still wouldn't want it. I just still, I really still wouldn't want it. Absolutely love that. It's not in the NPL and we can watch that without any fear of having to watch replays for five minutes that don't provide any
1: conclusion. Yeah, mate, I totally agree. I'm, I'm with you. All right, mate, let's do it. Let's look at the next round
0: of fucking tips that we're going to get wrong. <laughs> Bran, what are the fixtures for this week, both for the men's and women's?
1: All right, so on Friday night, we have Green Gully taking on the Melbourne Knights in a tasty, tasty encounter. We've got Oakley taking on the Eastern Lions and Dandy City taking on South Melbourne, top versus bottom. On Saturday, Heidelberg United will face Port Melbourne. Avondale will play host to Dandenong Thunder. Hume City will face off against the mighty St. Northern Saints. And then the last game on Saturday night, Altona Magic taking on the Bentley Greens. In the NPLW on Friday night, Alamein taking on Heidelberg United. Then on Saturday, Bayside taking on Calder. Uh, A double dose of Monday night NPLW action. South Melbourne taking on Senior NTC. Top of the table clash. Wouldn't have predicted that at the start of the season. And then Bulleen Lions taking on Box Hill. The mighty triangles, both sides, you know, oof, lots to play for in that one. Mate, so the tips. What do you think? So Green Gully Knights, what are your thoughts? I feel like I feel like we didn't do this enough
0: this week. But I think a draw. Yeah like if you look at how maybe dramatic nights have been and how Green Gully are sort of getting points here and there, I'd say I'd say a draw is fair on that one. Yep, I'm with you on that. Oakley,
1: Eastern Lions, surely the Cannons. Surely the Cannons, but God, we're gonna get this one wrong. Probably. the Cannons it is. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, probably. Uh Danny City against South Melbourne, surely yes. South. Well, this'll be this would be a big test for South, you know. Like we've we've just spent ten minutes at the start talking about how good they are, watching go get rolled by Danny City and make us look like fools. Uh but I geez, know. It can't, it's South. be South. It's just gotta be South. There's no um, way it can't be. I totally agree. Heidelberg United against Port Melbourne.
0: See, this is another one where I think this is a nailed on draw. Yep. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I can see Okay, yeah. good, good. Good. I'm glad. Avondale. Um, I see, Remember, we're a team. We're a team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah no, no, I I. I don't know what to tip for Heidelberg Port. So, happy with the draw. I just, I can see playing out all three ways, which makes it hard for tipping. Uh, Avondale taking on Danny Thunder. I reckon Avondale. I think they've got Ooh. a point to prove after Port. At, at Avenger Park 2, I think they'll blitz them. But Dandy Thunder played well and scored four, man. They did. Like Against a good Hume team. I don't know, man. So.
0: We're a team. Yep. You know more about Avondale than I know about Dandy Fiff. Thunder, so we'll tip Avondale. Okay. But I'm also doing this so that when we get it wrong, I can absolutely berate you on the pod.
1: Fair very fair. Uh, Hume, St. Albans. Hume. Hume? Hume. Just. Yeah, Hume.
0: Yeah, Hume. Yeah. Not my
1: confident Hume, but I'm um, Hume. Uh, Altona Bentley, are the Magic going to get their first win of the season? No. No, I'm I don't, don't think so Bentley. either.
0: No, like... Yeah, I like how you framed that. I wasn't if you ask me Hume and Bentley, who do you think will win? I don't think I can do it, but you said will Al get their first win of the season. I'm like, Against Bentley, probably not, no. Yeah, yeah. Fair. Good nice. answer. Hey Brad, I think we've done it. So we've got draw between what was it? Draw between Green Galley Knights, Oakley, South Melbourne, draw between Heidelberg, Port Melbourne. Avondale is dicey that one. Hume, Hume and I'm okay with this. Yeah, I'm okay, okay. with this.
1: No, I feel good right. about it. Seven incoming. Here we go oh geez. more than two incoming
0: yeah oh, we got, oh we've, we've got to get here. more than two that's the um brand i just hit my funny bone that really hurt probably hurt <laughs> on the mic as well so i think that's what's right. done mate um i haven't got any more at- secret
1: messages for you i don't have any oh, more thanks.
0: yeah great damn um you're at branson gibson on twitter aren't you mate i am at chamber Shield on instagram we have got both Instagram and Twitter for the semi pro potty at semi Please let us know what you think and what you like. If you go on any games, let us know. We love to see you guys out there. And look, ladies and gentlemen, keep being semi professional and thank you for joining us for the match week Eight episode of the semi pro potty.